Well Printer Podcast, episode 182. Hey, Well Printer Podcast listeners, this is Amanda, and this week I have something really fun and creative for you. If this is your very first episode of the Wellprinter podcast, I have to tell you, this is not a normal episode at all. In fact, if you want to learn about growing your wellness business and marketing and generally the wellness industry, don't start with this episode. Just move on to any of the other of the over 180 episodes that we've had. But for my longtime listeners, you'll know that I've spent the past year and a half in Hong Kong. And while there, my husband and I have gotten to do quite a bit of traveling. Earlier this year, we took a trip to Myanmar to explore the temples in Bagan, and we had an idea for a really fun creative project. We've created an audio documentary of our long weekend in Bagan, and I wanted to share it with you. So this episode is something totally different. I hope you can, you know, close your eyes and come along with us on this journey into Myanmar. So have fun with this one. And I'd love to hear what you think, because this is a big experiment for me. So come on over into our Wellpreneur community group on Facebook and let me know how it was for you. Okay, here we go. Enjoy. You're listening to The Boat to Begone. Join us on our overland travel adventures. three challenges with this show before we've even started. First, it's an audio documentary, which neither of us had made before. Second, it's a show about overland travel, which is inherently slow and, to be honest, kind of boring. And finally, we're married. Have you ever worked on a creative project with your partner? I'm Amanda, and my husband Zach and I love to travel. Usually our weekend trips look like this. Fly in, visit the markets, eat some street food, post some pictures to Instagram, and fly home. But recently, we've been intrigued by the idea of a different kind of travel, slow travel, overland travel. So is it possible to make a show about slow and often boring overland travel without being slow and boring? We'll find out. Oh my God, the floor is like so sandy. I totally feel like I'm in Indiana Jones. Myanmar, a country formerly known as Burma. It's between Thailand and India, and it's only been open to foreign tourists since 2006. We've come here to visit Bagan, a region with over 2,000 ancient temples. We heard you can take a boat there from Mandalay, so it seemed like the perfect way to start our overland travel experiment. Are you not going to put any little shrimpies on it, Amanda? It's our first night in Mandalay. I'd had these visions of doing a cool travel montage of our journey from Hong Kong to Myanmar. It would start with honking taxis in Hong Kong, then fade into an airplane taking off, and then finally the sounds of our arrival in Myanmar. But then, massive fail. I didn't record anything, nothing. I didn't even think about my recorder until we'd sat down to dinner in Mandalay. I think you should put sprinkle some shrimpies on it. There's a whole bowl of nice little shrimpies in Sweden. And Amanda's about to sprinkle a bunch of them all over our food. Zach's really into making sure we try all the local food when we travel. I've just gotten my dinner. It's a Burmese curry made with local river fish. 
It also comes with a bowl of tiny dried shrimp that Zach's trying to get me to eat. Me eat. Oh, oh come on. Not. That was like one tiny little wafer thin piece of shrimpy. You need to get a whole pinch of them and sprinkle them on your curry. Like That's not a whole pinch. Like the, on one fork. There we go. Oh, you, oh they all fell off. <laughs> the next morning, we set off to explore Mandalay. Our plan is to walk along the river and then turn towards the center of town to find the local jade market. So we've just left the hotel. We're walking down the road along the Irrawaddy River, and the road's paved, but there's no sidewalks, and there's loads of traffic. So we're walking down like the dirt on the side with lots of rocks and wild dogs and people everywhere. And in the center of the road, there's like a kind of a green grassy area. And it's filled with bamboo poles resting on the trees and everyone's laundry is hanging off them, just right in the center of the road. And on our other side of the road, well, between the mopeds and the cars and the trucks zooming down, then on the other side, there's like all these little tiny stalls and shops and people hauling stuff and people selling stuff. Mandalay is surprisingly big. We've been walking for 25 minutes and have hardly even moved on the map. It's noisy, dusty, and extremely hot. Some roads have sidewalks, but most don't. There are open sewers, sometimes covered by cracked concrete slabs. You have to watch every step so you don't step into a hole or worse. At this rate, it'll take us a couple hours to get to the jade market. So we flag down a tuk-tuk and climb onto the bench in the back. Our driver just pulled up onto this little roadside stall and jumped out and grabbed something in like a banana leaf and ate it. Jumped back in and now we're on our way again. The tuk-tuk drops us in a parking lot crammed with mopeds. We're hoping it's the jade market, but everything's written in Burmese, so we're not sure. So we've just walked into this complex where there's all these open, like, and people are just sitting behind tables. It's so good on the whole market. Oh, it is the jade market. We head off down one of the narrow lanes in the market. It's more like people are buying than selling. Yeah. Let's go down this way. It's less crowded. It definitely seems to be like man domain. Like it's yes. really loads of men. Loads of men. It's all men. And the only women you see are like serving food. Yeah. Or serving betel nut, that red. Yeah, everyone's chewing betel nut. Betel nut is a mild stimulant when chewed. You can immediately spot a chewer because their teeth are bright red and they spit a lot. Everyone's teeth are red and there's splotches of red juice all over and the ground. They were spitting on the ground. And... But it looked like they were eating it like with a piece of coconut wrapped up in a leaf, which mm. makes me think that's what our driver stopped for in the taxi yeah. right here. It looked like the same thing. Yeah. Like a little roll of... A little packet or something to help it on its way. <laughs> Zach likes to try the local specialties, but chewing betel nut is a bit too far, even for him. Although, thinking of our eight-hour boat ride to Begaan tomorrow, maybe chewing betel nut would help pass the time. Uh, better not. So it's 6.15 and we're on the boat, getting ready to go to Begaan. And we're kind of packed in like sardines. 
The boat holds about 40 passengers and it's totally full. There's one main deck and a small below decks area for our luggage. Everyone gets a bamboo chair, either under an awning or out in the open on the back of the boat. There's a small bar area in the front to buy drinks and a tiny kitchen with an immense wok on a gas burner right in the back of the boat where the cook throws the food scraps into the water. I take this as a good sign that we'll be getting a hot lunch. So there's a huge, wide river. The part we're coming into now is its like it's opening into almost like a basin where the river breaks off into a few different branches. It's really massive. And all along the side, there's these long grasses, like reeds and grasses. And there's local people in these little boats and they're going right along the edge of where the grasses are. Um, and it looks like they're fishing for something or maybe like crabs or what do you think they're? Or river prawns. Oh yeah, river prawns. River that prawns. was on the menu in the yeah. restaurant. And then out in the distance, there's low hills and there's just these golden temples dotted everywhere. So everywhere you look, there's just these temples and they're a very distinctive shape. It's like a, what's the shape of the temple? It's a stupa. Of the stupa. Round and domed. Yeah, but then they go up into these little peaks. Yeah, stupa shapes. They're stupa-shaped temples for everyone listening at home. Not sure what a stupa-shaped temple is? I'll try to describe it better here. Burmese stupas are square brick buildings with one or more tiered terraces, which get increasingly narrow as they go up. At the top of the highest terrace, there's a teardrop-shaped dome. Some stupas are left with exposed brick, while others are covered in stucco and painted white or even gold. They ranged vastly in size, from small stupas that only fit one or two or three people to massive multi-level cathedral-sized stupas. But the distinctive feature is the teardrop dome at the top. I see them all around us along the riverbanks and in the distance. It's making me feel a bit philosophical, and it's only 9am. As I sit here, looking out, just staring out at the river and the temples and knowing that there's, you know, hours and hours more of this same view, it's like I can feel myself, like, downshifting to, like, a different speed of travel. Like, there's part of me that's like, okay, what's next? What are we going to do? Should I read? Should I plan something? Should I write in my journal? Like, trying to think of stuff to do, and then you just think, well, no, this is it. And I think that's, like, the shift that happens when you start traveling over land, is that you just have to shift yourself down from doing, doing, going, to just being. So I think once I can, you know, fully get myself down to this pace, it's going to be really nice. So it's 10.30. Still going down the river. The rain's totally stopped and it started to get really humid and muggy and sunny again. Plus, now I'm getting hungry because all I ate from my breakfast box was really like the hard-boiled egg. So we decided 10.30 is a good time to have a nice cold beer Myanmar, which they served in a nice frosty mug, which is good. Okay, so it's now 11 a.m. We're four hours into our trip. trip. So we were saying, well, what should we record? Like, we should have some deep, insightful thoughts or something to share at this point in the journey. And then 
kind of the realization hit that actually, I think overland travel is pretty boring. It can be. <laughs> I mean, you're just sitting there. So like, how how is that interesting to a radio audience? I don't know. It's, in fact, it's not all that interesting for us. It's just cows and villages and fishermen. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's more about the people you meet and who you talk to while you're doing this traveling. So maybe I should be interviewing people we meet. Maybe. Maybe you should go and interview that, that guy over there. Find out why he's traveling this way. Audio fail number two, I didn't interview anyone. But actually, I think Zach has a point that meeting other travelers is probably the most interesting part of overland travel. We'll have to wait till our next trip to find that out. So we're coming into the home stretch. It's 2.30 in the afternoon. It's gone through being super hot and then a bit dark again, and now it's really windy. They just served us like a tea. So we had tea or coffee, and we had this Burmese snack that was these little balls made from rice flour and then they boiled it like dumplings in water and then they took them out of the water and rolled them in coconut and then we'd eat them with little toothpicks and oh my gosh they're so good I ate four they're really yummy but everyone on board is kind of fading napping kind of counting down the last hour and a half of this trip before we get into Bagan so we're arriving we're pulling into Bagan 3.30 p.m. How many hours is that on the boat? Uh, eight and a half, I think it's been. We're hot and sweaty. A little bit sunburned. But as we got closer, there's so many cool temples up on the cliffs. Like, really neat. So I think it's going to be fantastic. The boat arrives in Bagan. There are at least 10 taxis waiting for us, quoting prices and jostling for our business. I hate moments like this because it all happens so quickly. The touts descending on the boat of unsuspecting tourists. We get a taxi. Yeah, signal, yeah. Lights. Okay, yeah, lights. This is go. This is go. That's great. We're renting electric scooters. They cost about four US dollars each for the entire day. This is all the training we get. You okay? Yeah, okay. You want to stop on the bridge? Yeah. You want okay. to drive you? Okay, thank you very much. We've heard that the temples near the main roads are crowded with tourists arriving in cars and buses. So the trick is to get a scooter and head off down any of the dirt roads to find the less accessible temples. With any luck, we'll have a temple all to ourselves. So on, where are we going? That way. Where, where, where? Up there, that way. This way. Main street. Rise to Obagan. Oh, okay. This way, drive it the, the corner, right side. Okay. So the oh, main yeah, road yeah, yeah, the yeah, right yeah. side. Oh, why don't you turn around? Yeah, yeah.
we're in the middle of nowhere and well we run down a dirt road and we uh we stopped up at this small temple and this european couple came past on their bikes and they pointed us back in this direction and we we're surrounded we're in this little dirt courtyard with five or six different temples all around us apparently one of them we can climb up so we were told so here comes a guy we were having a look around and uh just I mean, you just run down a dirt road. It's just a dirt road, and then there's there's a whole collection of temples just 500 meters, a thousand meters in the other direction. They're just everywhere. And there's some chickens, and, chickens. and some ducks. Oh, there's he's one. pointing at us and telling us we can go up it. Oh, okay. Awesome. We're walking towards our first stupa. This one has four terraced levels topped with the teardrop dome. It's set on a big area of dirt with flowering wild bushes nearby and reeds growing up through the brick patio that surrounds the stupa. There are ornate doorways on each of the four sides. The doorways are covered with carvings of human figures, mythical animals, and lots of snakes. There's no one else here but us. Well, and the local guy who lives in the house on the temple grounds. He's taking us inside. So we got up in here. We should take the, yeah. Take our shoes off. Everything's barefoot here. Okay. Thank you. Oh, there. Yep. Oh, wow. Do you want my flashlight? No. We've just walked through the archway into the stupa. It's a square room with a big Buddha statue at the back. It's really hard to see because it's so bright outside. Our eyes can't adjust quickly enough to the darkness inside the temple. The guide gestures off to the right. As our eyes adjust, we see a narrow archway in the wall to our right. He goes through it and calls to us. It's the stairway to go up to the terraces above. Oh my God, this is small. Oh my God. Oh, it's not too bad. Just the corners are a little small. This really dark, steep stone staircase. These buildings were built in the years like between 1000 and 1200 and we're going up it barefoot. They're not really built for people your size, Zach. So now we're at the top of this really old temple and it's just a stone room with a big open window that goes out where you can see a great view of the other temples and there's a big Buddha behind us. It's really lovely. We heard that Myanmar was considering banning tourists from climbing the temples, and I can understand why. In many of the temples, you're totally alone. You're in dark, small spaces. You're climbing up stairs with loose bricks, sand and dirt, super steep, shallow steps, and narrow walkways with drop-offs and no railings. Aside from the health and safety considerations, all those thousands of visitors have got to do some major damage to the temples over time. Zach's gone out the window on the ledge. Are you coming out, Amanda? No. No. <laughs> you can, you can, in. I mean, this is, it's absolutely stunning from up here. So you just see so many of these beautiful peak domed, really old, beautiful temples kind of in ruin, like, the bricks crumbling and um, the plants growing out of them. And there's like three directly in my line of sight, but then you just look off to the right and there's 
I can't even count them, 15, 20? Just, I'm oh, no more. If you keep looking in the distance, there's just more and more and more. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous. And then when you look the other way, there's just green and palm trees and scruff and cows. And we're just on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere. And it's just really stunning, really, really beautiful. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> it's not too bad. It's like this, this all the way around. So you can sort of walk in the gutter and hold on to the... Climbing up the temples is easy. You're crouched forward over steep steps, using your hands to feel your way up the stairs. But now we're ready to go down, and that's a bit more challenging. Okay, so here we go. We're going down. So down the lean forward down these really long staircases. We're kind of like sitting almost as we go down, because the steps are so big. Oh my God. Really big, really narrow. Really high edge. I mean, no edge and a big drop. Okay. This is like, it's quite dark. I'm gonna go by, by feel. Do you have your sunglasses on? That would be stupid. <laughs> He's that would be stupid. No, of course I don't. <laughs> oh, it just suddenly got a bit lighter. Ow. Did you hit something? Oh, I just pinched myself against the wall, I think, is all. Okay. It's really steep. We're basically sitting down. And plus you have to watch your head. It's weird. Oh, spider webs. Oh. I need to be brave like Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh, these are really steep. I'm like sitting and sliding down on my butt. Oh, this is not the place to come if you're claustrophobic. And the stairs are really dirty. And there's... be better to go down backwards. The thing is when you're coming up because you're pitched forward kind of climbing up almost on your hands and knees then you it doesn't it's not so bad but when you have to come down you feel like you're gonna hit your head. <sighs> okay uh, yeah my bag is like hitting the stairs so sweaty everything I'm wearing black trousers and they're just coated in dust and sand and my black bag scooted in sand. It's pretty awesome though. Mm -hmm. So it's 4.30 a.m. and we're just waking up because we're gonna go see the sunrise. Yay. How are you feeling this morning, Zach? I was tired. Sore, oh my God, I'm so We're both really sore. I guess it bouncing around on e-bikes on dirt roads all day is painful. Okay, we're off. Man, my legs hurt. It's so weird. And my back. Oh man. This feels really early in the morning. It's totally dark out. It feels really breezy and cool. I don't know if that means it's gonna rain, but temperature-wise, it feels really good. I don't think I've been cool since I've been here, so that's awesome. We researched sunrise temples online and found one that's supposed to be a great view and not busy, but it's not easy to find a specific temple in Bagan. There are dirt roads and temples in every direction, few of any signs or names, 
and now we're trying to find one in the dark. We stop several times along the dirt roads to check the map and get our bearings. We think we're in the general vicinity of our sunrise temple. Then the rain starts. The rain's getting heavier. There's lightning in the distance. We stop under a tree. I suddenly realize we might not want to be the tallest object in the area if there's a lightning storm. You know, sitting on top of a temple on a completely flat plane, holding phones and cameras, just might not be the smartest idea. A German couple rides up on a scooter beside us and we all decide to head to the nearest temple. We jump off our scooters and run into the doorway. The door's locked, so we just stand in the arch. The German guy takes off his shirt and rings it out. It's completely soaked with water. I'm quite sure. Okay. It's just in yeah, it said something like if it's closed, go find another, like, go to the nearby temples and explore them and go up one. But we can't yeah. do that, right? But maybe it'll stop. Okay. <laughs> the rain finally stops and the sun's coming up, but this temple's locked, so all we can do is head to the nearest one we can find. The nearest temple has steep stairs running four levels up the outside. The German couple immediately climb to the top and sit with their legs dangling over the edge. I'm cold and soaking wet, I haven't had my breakfast, and I'm not really in the mood to test my fear of heights this morning, so I sit on the top of the first staircase and Zach heads up to the second level. Now we just wait for sunrise. Well that's it. The sun's up. Zach's carefully climbing down the steep, shallow stairs. Your feet don't even fit on the stairs. <laughs> so how was it? Magical. <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> you cold and wet and covered in dirt. Yeah. <laughs> totally soaked. Breakfast. Breakfast. Back to the hotel, put on dry clothes. Breakfast. Alright. We go back to the hotel, peel off our soaked clothes, take a nap, have breakfast, and start to feel human again. Yesterday, Zach spotted a temple labeled Best Viewpoint Ever on his Maps app. We decide to find it. So for anyone, anyone traveling this way, get maps.me app, and it's on there called Best Viewpoint Ever, apparently. <laughs> Some stranger on the internet has told us that it's the best viewpoint ever, so we're hoping that we can get inside and climb up it somewhat. I mean, if a stranger on the internet says it's the best viewpoint ever, be. then no it must one, be. No one ever lies on the internet, right? <laughs> we think we found the temple. Wow. So we've just spent the whole morning driving around and trying to avoid anywhere with other tourists. So we've been just going down dirt paths and because of the thunderstorm this morning, we've been getting stuck in the mud and we've just found this gorgeous, really pretty big temple completely empty. 
I mean, not even another motorbike or a bicycle. There's like no one but us. So this is awesome. So we're yeah. going to go explore. This temple is big and there's a wall around it, like you might see around a castle. We walk through the gate, across an overgrown courtyard, take off our shoes and duck into the dark temple. Sunlight streams through the gaps in the bricked up windows. The light falls onto the knee of a huge Buddha statue sitting in lotus pose. There are melted white candles by his knee. I look up. The wall is covered in fading frescoes and the ceiling's painted with an intricate circle pattern. We're totally alone. We find the staircase to climb the temple. Okay, here we go up the steps. Oh, right, it's not that bad. Actually, these are kind of proper steps. Okay, now we're turning a corner. Ooh, these ones get steep now. These are pretty steep. Okay. Oh. Wow. Wow. Good job, guy on the internet. You nailed it. So we've just come out of this kind of twisty, one-twist staircase, and it's opened onto like a big terrace, and the view is awesome. You can see basically 270 degrees, and then the temple is just behind you, but everything else you can just see, and it's wide open. It's so flat around here, and there's just... I mean, I don't even know how many temples we see. 50? I mean, they just go on as far as you can see. It's really, really cool. I kind of want to go sit with the Buddha a little bit. I'm going to go down and do that, I think. While Zach has a moment of quiet up top, I head back down into the temple and continue on past the large Buddha statue. Mm -hmm. Turns out there's actually four huge Buddha statues, one facing in each direction. I stop at the one in the back of the temple, sit on a window ledge, and just enjoy the sense of total tranquility. I interviewed somebody once and he was saying that you have to go stand on the earth after you land on a plane, like once you get to your destination, so the earth can find you again. And I find that, you know, being here and taking this time and barefoot on this ancient stone and just in this space and you're just like, oh, I'm here. Like it's really, it really makes you feel like you are here in this place with something that's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. It feels really good. As we leave, I snap a picture of the temple number written in Burmese. I translate it online. It's temple number 842, also known as the best viewpoint ever. Just don't tell too many people. Our final night in Bagan, we have dinner at an open-air restaurant called Black Bamboo, we try the local tea leaf salad. It's a mixture of fermented tea leaves, tomatoes, crunchy chickpeas, peanuts, and fried garlic. It's really delicious. As we finish dinner, we hear music and fireworks nearby. We wander down towards the noise. The local temple is celebrating the full moon festival. There's a cart decorated with ribbons and flowers carrying two huge speakers blaring music. Floodlights illuminate people dancing in front of the speakers. Women sit on low stools selling fireworks. 
The fireworks are like Roman candles. You hold them by the end and light them, pointing them up towards the sky as the fireworks shoot out. There's men and kids with these things everywhere around us. It's so noisy from the music, the explosions, people shouting and dancing. The whole event feels very local, and we're the only Westerners here, which I find amazing since it isn't too far from the main street. For me, this experience really sums up Myanmar. It's still very much a real place, not overrun or jaded by the tourist trade, yet. Even though there are busloads of tourists at the big temples, it takes hardly any effort to avoid the crowds, find your own secret temple, and have a truly local experience. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Something a little different, and I hope you feel like you got to travel a little bit with us. I'd love to hear what you thought. This was a big creative experiment for me. I've never done anything like this before, but it's been really fun to make. So feel free to come over into the Wellpreneur community group on Facebook and let's have a chat about it. But don't worry, we'll get back to the normal marketing and business topics that you know and love and why you subscribe next week. So have a fantastic week, guys, and I'll see you back here next week with our next regular episode. Have a great one. 